serious. Noun, that which is of importance, grave, critical, or somber. Adjective, of, sharing, or characterized by deep thought, being in earnest, sincere. Hi folks, it's KJ Bell. Welcome to another episode of Another Way. We're being very serious today, because I'm always very serious. And if you don't know what sarcasm is, I will direct you to those last couple of sentences. <laughs> we're talking about serious things, but we're not taking them very seriously, because that's kind of the point here. So, serious. Uh, I don't remember why I had the idea to do this topic for the podcast, but I think it's a good one, because... Like everything else I talk about on here, there is a balance that needs to be struck because taking things too seriously is just, ugh. Like, it's, uh, no. But also, if we don't take something seriously, that's also, ugh, no. <laughs> so we're going to talk about both of those things and the reasons behind them. Because here's the thing. I am a perfectionist, and I'm trying not to be. I'm trying my best to let go of that a little bit, and I've come a long way. But one of the things that happens when you have this need to try and make everything perfect is that you take things so freaking seriously until you don't. At least in my experience, because you take it so seriously. And then when something goes wrong, it's like, okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say, trying to make yourself believe it, but it's not true. <laughs> so the first part of this episode is don't take it so seriously. Seriously. Because if, if we let go of the need to be right, if we let go of the need to make it perfect, if we, need, if we let go of the need to do it the way that we have planned and the way that we have thought it is, and if we get out of that rigidity, that allows us to play more. Which is something that we desperately need, I think. Refer to the uh, Improvise episode, I believe it's episode 12 something like that. It's around there. I don't know. Look on the website. <laughs> Make you do some of the work. <laughs> but we tend to we tend to kind of have blinders on and I feel like when you hear people who have become very well known in whatever field talk about how it happened, there is sort of a, a theme with with I'm not going to say all of them or even most of them, but a, a large number of them where they didn't have a set plan that they followed super rigidly or they had a set plan and the plan was not what ended up happening. I think flexibility is super important. And to do that, we have to get out of this mode of taking everything so seriously and having the blinders on to get, this is where I'm going and this is what I'm doing and this is what is happening. It's funny because when I'm composing, 
it's often when I accidentally hit something and it's the quote-unquote wrong note that I find something that I, I, I would have never thought of, that I find something that is actually be- better than the melody that I'm thinking of at the time. Or that's how I find the melody that I'm actually hearing in my head. Because that's what usually is happening when I'm composing, is I'm, is I'm trying to capture the melody that is that I'm hearing in my brain. There was one time where I was in a practice room talking to somebody and I had my back to the piano keyboard and I just leaned backward because I I thought I had the lid down on the piano and so I was just going to lean my elbow on it and the keys were, uh, the lid wasn't up so my elbow pressed a bunch of keys and it was this fantastic chord and I couldn't find it again. (laughs) I was so pissed. I will, to this, that that was probably um five years ago and to this day I still sometimes just put my elbow approximately where I thought it might have been that day to try and find it but I just have to realize that that chord wasn't meant to be but if you open yourself up to the possibility of doing what you might think is the wrong thing you might find something better I I also recently pulled out um, I'm, I'm working on organizing all of my stuff because the problem with with being the creative generalist that I am is that I have so many different areas that I'm working in and um I have a backlog of stuff that I have done since I was young not that I'm not not that I'm old now but since I was younger because I started writing when I was you know around 10 and um so I'm trying to sort of catalog everything and be like okay where is that idea I had three years ago about that character for that one thing trying to compile all of that so I found an old draft of a of a novel that I had started um, uh, almost a decade ago and um, I I remember the idea so clearly and the idea is very good and I still am a big fan of the idea I um, found the handwritten pages, so I started typing them up so that I would have a readable, workable record. And the writing is so bad. Oh, it's just awful. It's so bad. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's I, I, there's 10 years of writing in between. And so I'm just a better writer now, but, and it was, it's a first draft. First drafts are awful. My apologies for the background noise that you may or may not hear. I'm letting the cats free range in the living room while I record the podcast, which might be a mistake. Yes, I'm talking about you. Can you, can you not right now? Okay, never mind. See, and if I were a good podcaster, I would cut that out, but I'm not going to. Anyway, <laughs> if I took this as seriously as my initial instinct, I would finish typing this thing up, which I'm going to do regardless of how painful it is. I would print it out, and I would then begin to edit, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But in this case, a better course of action, and what I am going to do, is to do a complete ground-up rewrite 
because I have the idea in my head. I will have the pages that I can reference the like two sentences that I found to be good. Um, but the idea is there and the idea is solid. And now with a, with another decade of writing practice behind it, although I haven't actually been doing the writing practice like I talk about for that long, but the, the point remains, there's more time. Anyway, so with, with another 10 years of, of life in between that draft and now, the writing is going to be better, even in the first draft that will probably still be crap. And if I took it so seriously, I would be going through this tortured process of trying to fix the sentences that are already there, rather than trying to just rewrite from the general idea. So we can't take it too seriously. We shouldn't allow the stubborn, our own stubbornness, because that's purely what that is, to get in the way of our art. That's all that this is here. And this doesn't just apply to art. This applies to life, too. Like, we take things so seriously. And yes, yes, there are things that it's important to take seriously and to be passionate about. But... Seriously, Lizzie. Okay, hang on. I'm pause. And now they're probably just going to start scratching at the bedroom door, but whatever. Anyway, so there are things that it's it's worth being passionate about and taking seriously, but maybe it's just because I write. I spend a lot of my days lately writing comedy with my writing partner. But um, I kind of come from this idea that if you can't laugh at something, you're not dealing with it. And maybe that's a bad way to say that. I, I tend to think that laughing at something bad, finding the funny in something, takes the power out of it a little bit. And of course there are lines and I'm not going to give you any examples right now because it's, I think it's like the Supreme Court's definition of cor- of, of of choreography. <laughs> well, that's a funny slip. Um, it's like the Supreme Court's definition of choreography. I know it when I see it. Um, that should actually be pornography. I don't remember what justice said it in what case, but that was that's that was the conclusion. I know it when I see it, and I think that's the line that you have to draw in laughing about something serious. But, you know, Joan Rivers said it best. It's like, how would we have gotten through 9-11 if we couldn't laugh about things? And it's not to say that we should make jokes about necessarily the situation, but finding a place where you can come from laughter. That's a horrible sentence. But I, I hope you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. Don't take it so seriously that you allow yourself to be rigid with everything. And it doesn't mean that we make a joke out of everything. Like, like I said, you just, you do, you, there are things that you should take seriously. But maybe you should take, I, th- I think a good way to say it might be, you should take things seriously, but you shouldn't be serious. 
I don't know if I like that. Maybe I like the reverse of that. You should be serious about things, but not take them so seriously. I don't know. Either one could work. So pick whichever one you like, I suppose. <laughs> and it, it, can, it can be so hard to do, especially if it's, if it's an issue that we're really close to. Um, I, I have a hard time when people... I have a hard time when people outside of the LGBT community try to make jokes about the community because it is very close to home for me. And so I get it. But I think I think it goes back to that idea that I've talked about before where you have to kind of listen to the meaning and not necessarily the words. And I think maybe that's a separate issue. But, you know, it can be really hard to do. And just if we allow ourselves to do it, I think we can achieve a lightness in life. If we allow ourselves to be wrong and experiment, we can often get to the right answer or we can find something that we hadn't even considered before. That's the entire basis of this first part of the podcast, which is don't take things so freaking seriously. And with that, we're going to take a little break. This podcast is brought to you by Horizon Creative Studios. Studio. I keep putting the S on there. Um, which is the home of Another Way, the home of my blog for Another Way, which will be, um, hopefully the first post will be up very shortly after this podcast, after this episode of the podcast is posted. Um, if you go to horizoncreativestudio.com, you can find links to all of the previous podcast episodes. You can find links to all of the YouTube videos that correspond to the podcast episodes. You can find the blog, which not only will contain posts where I go into more detail about the topics we I cover here on the podcast, but you'll also find articles on um, my music teaching. So I have an article up there right now on breathing and basics of, of getting a good breath for vocal technique, which is good for people of that are not just singing, but good for anybody who needs to use their breath for anything that they do. So like everybody to like live and stuff. So you can check all that out at horizoncreativestudio.com. So we're back. We So the first part of the podcast was don't take things so seriously. And now we're going to flip that on its head. It's a paradox, people. Take things seriously. Okay? Give your practices and your art some priority in your life. I know that there are a lot of people out there who have to work a job that they hate in order to pay their bills. I am likely to become one of them in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, in order to keep doing what they... And sometimes in order to... In doing what they need to do, they often... Oh, that's not the good way to phrase that. In doing what they need to do to survive, they often put aside what they need to do to thrive. And I don't necessarily like the way I phrased that, but it's a it sounds good, so we're going to go with it. You have to give them some priority in your life, though. 
like if I take some job that I hate in the next couple of weeks to pay my bills, which I'm probably going to have to do, I am going to have to put the writing and the podcast as a priority, or I'm going to lose my freaking mind. You have to take these things seriously if you're going to make any sort of progress. And that's not to say that you need to quit your job and devote eight hours every day to your painting or your writing or your screen filmmaking. Oi, screenwriting. And I tried to say screenwriting and filmmaking at the same time. Um, and you just do that and you get kicked out of your apartment and blah, blah, blah. Five minutes. Five minutes every day. Like I tell my um, music students, if you do five minutes every day, it is so much better than doing an hour a week, I'm telling you. If you can only do morning pages, then do the morning pages. And then maybe once you've established the morning pages, you add another little something else. Maybe you do your morning pages and then you do 10 minutes of writing practice. Maybe you do your morning pages and then 10 minutes on on the novel you've been wanting to do forever. Maybe your morning pages are the novel you've been wanting to do forever. Although I would advise you to keep them separate. But again, another podcast. I think I've talked about this idea before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Um, I read a book recently by Austin Kleon, who is the author of steal like an artist his other book is called show your work and it's all about like getting your ideas out there and promoting yourself and that sort of thing and he quotes a uh, science fiction author uh, theodore sturgeon and sturgeon's idea is that 90 percent of everything is crap now this might be disheartening to some of you I found it oddly um, liberating, and I've been kind of obsessed with the idea, because what I heard, what I thought after I said that was, oh, okay, so to get one publishable novel, I have to write 10. Okay, I can do that. I've already, I've almost done that, I just realized. (laughs) Wow, okay. If you count everything, every novel that I've started and written a draft of, I've done that. Well, close to. I think it's eight. I don't remember. Like I said, I'm working on the archiving right now. But anyway, that means you just had to put your head down and do it. You have to take it seriously enough to get to the end of one thing and then to the end of the next thing. It means you have to create a lot. You have to do a lot of creating. In order to get one good painting, you have to paint 10. And I think crap might be a little a little um, harsh. Maybe 90%. Well, uh, I... <laughs> oh, that went well, wasn't it? Didn't it? Um, maybe it's, it's not necessarily like you write 10 novels and nine of them are horrendous, and one of them is the next great American novel. It's probably more like you write ten novels, one of them is really good. Two other, two more are are okay. 
two of them are horrendous, and the rest of them are yeah. Maybe the eh ones are the ones that get published. You never know in this world. But it means you have to do a lot of creating, which means you have to take it seriously. And like I said, doing it five minutes every single day is taking something seriously. Is Think about it right now. Is there anything outside of biological functions that you do every single day? If there is, it's probably something you take kind of seriously, right? I mean, e- even biological functions, you should take breathing fairly seriously. Drinking water, you should take fairly seriously. Other things, you should take fairly seriously. <laughs> and the other th- the other thing that I love about this idea, not necessarily the 90% of everything is crap, but my reaction to it was... I feel like if you're focused on doing that and that constant creation, you're not going to get stuck on one thing. You're not going to have one thing, you know, you're not going to have the first thing you do fail and then get completely downtrodden. You're just going to be, okay, well, that's one down. I've got nine to go. And then if number three is a really big hit, you're still not going to necessarily get stuck on it because you're going to want to be getting to the, no, I haven't done the 10 yet. Okay. I got to keep going because there's probably something better. That's that's where my head was with it. If I had heard the same thing two years ago, the 90% of everything is crap, I think I probably would have been really um, downtrodden by that. But now I, I find it kind of exciting and exhilarating, which I take as a good sign. So I hope you take it that way too. <laughs> But if you you know if you're constantly taking this seriously enough to work toward the next thing and I'm not saying always abandon a, an idea but there is that thing of killing your darlings and l- recognizing when something needs to go like I like that novel I talked about earlier I know that draft is 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 crap and needs to go but the idea is good. It just needs to be reworked. And I recognize that. The idea may not work. I may not be able to make this idea work. And that's another thing that you kind of have to accept. That good ideas do not always work. Communism is a really good idea. It doesn't work. There are other things that are really good ideas that just don't work. And maybe... Your great idea is one of them, and maybe you're going to have to give up on that great idea. Move on to the next thing. Take your art seriously enough to continue to do it. Now, (laughs) balancing these two things, taking something seriously enough and not taking it so seriously, is the trick here. It takes a lot of time, and I think it's uh, I, that's the note I have written here. I'm going to amend that to say you're never going to get it right. <laughs> I don't think we do. I think this is one of those things that we are constantly experimenting with until we die. And you're never going to know if it was the right answer or not. 
did I take this seriously enough? Did I take this too seriously? I mean, you'll, you'll probably know in some instances, but I don't think it's one, it's anything that you can really answer. You just have to accept that it happened. So you have to find that balance, you know, and I would love to tell you, I would love for there to be people that you could take the idea to and go, here, am I taking this seriously enough? I don't think that works all the time, especially in something, especially in a creative field, because things are so subjective. I, you have to be the judge here. You have to, the reasoned, logical, objective truth adult has to be the one to decide whether or not you're taking it seriously enough or if you're taking it too seriously. And yes, you may have people in your life that go, you're ta- you need to slow down. This is not that big of a deal. And that can be helpful, but they might be wrong. Um, there have been times where, where you know, my parents have, have said, you're taking this too seriously. And I've said, no, I'm not taking this seriously enough. And I have known that I'm right. Because they just don't have the same perspective on it that I do. I'm not saying you should ignore everybody in your life that tries to give you advice as to how seriously you're taking something. Because there are times where you are going to be wrong and they are going to be the ones that are right. Especially the people that know you well. But I think that's a that's a different podcast too. So it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of um, self-examination to know if you're doing it right. There's no right answer. It's a constantly evolving process. But one of the things that I think is really helpful to do, and this I think falls perfectly on the border between take it seriously but don't take it seriously, Most jobs, you have sort of a clock-in, clock-out time. And when you're not at work, you're not doing work. I wish I could say that all jobs were like that, but having been a teacher, I know that... uh, (laughs) Well, I am a teacher still. Um, There are are many, many jobs where you take the work home with you and you can't stop thinking about it. but I find if, if you draw some boundaries around the work, around the practice, around the art, and the personal side, not only does it help you to take it, to take it just the right amount of serious, it also helps psychologically for you to separate out your personal self from the professional, which can be super good for dealing with criticism. But I think it also helpful to have, like, these are the hours that I am writing, and you stick to those hours. This is very pot to the kettle right now, because I am not doing that consistently at all, although I'm hoping to start. <laughs> you know, one thing in um, one of Natalie Goldberg's books, I think it's Writing Down the Bones, she talks about how she moved somewhere. She talks about the first time that she had a writing space that she paid for, and she rented somebody's attic for $75 a week or something. 
and it was her space and she had a table and a desk and she was paying for that space and she took her writing more seriously because she was paying for the space. And I think there's something to be said for that. You know, I always find that it is, this is, an, this is sort of related, I always find it's harder to do stuff at home. One of the worst things that ever happened to my um, music practice was me graduating from college because when I was at, when I was in college, I would be at the school and there would be practice rooms that were simply practice rooms. And I practiced hours every day. And then I graduated. I didn't have access to that space anymore. And I had a lovely room at home. I had an extra bedroom that was my office and I had my piano and I had all of my instruments. And I had all my books and I didn't practice nearly as much. I had the perfect environment for it. But when you're at home, there's laundry and there are dishes and there are there's Netflix and all sorts of other things. So it can be helpful to find a, an, a, another space that you pay for that can take something seriously. And it can also give you that compartmentalization thing of the work is there. That is where the work happens. And I am more productive there. But again, it's also good to be able to check out for a little while. One of my professors in, in um, college, one of my education professors, was taught was a teacher for years and years and was married to a teacher. And they worked at the same school once, and he always talked about how they had a rule where they did not talk about school once they got past a certain point on their drive. It's like when we get at the bottom of this hill, we stop talking about school. And I think that is a good rule if it works for you. I don't know if it would work for me, but I always found it to be a very good rule. To tr- to a, a good rule to strive for. So take it seriously, but allow yourself the space to take nothing seriously. Well, this episode went on longer than I thought it would. <laughs> so, there's your episode for today, kids. Take it seriously, but don't take it too seriously. And above all, remember, it is okay to be an artist. It is okay to create. It is okay to be exactly as you are right now. It is okay. You are okay. I am okay. <laughs>